Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Good morning, Passion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. You guys look good. You look good. So glad to have you. Before we get into the sermon today, one, I want to hit on what uh, Adam just said. Uh, on the 31st, we're having a, an encounter praise night. It's a night that we come together to just praise and honor and glorify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we want to invite you that night, 7 p.m., to come out. Come ready, anticipating, expecting God to do something in the house that night. And I promise you this, if you come expecting, anticipating, you will not leave disappointed. You won't. It will be a powerful night of just getting into the presence of God, praising, praying, seeking His face. We're believing, hey, we're believing God's going to speak that night. So we want you to make sure that you're there, that you're going to be a part of it, and you don't want to miss it. Another thing Adam said, if you're giving your heart and life to Christ, accepting Him as Lord and Savior, next week is baptism. We want you to come be a part of that. A moment that you proclaim that you're a child of God, that you're saved, redeemed, and on your way to heaven. Amen. Amen. Well, before I get into my sermon today, every pastor loves this opportunity. Uh, today, we have a child dedication. If I could get our very own Madeline and Seth Nix to come on up. Give them a hand while they're coming up. If I get mom and dad here, get all family right down here so y'all can get pictures and everything else. I always tell people that a child dedication, if we're not intentional, can become nothing more than a ceremony. But we don't want this to be a ceremony today. What we want this to be today is a mother and a father saying, we're good parents, but God is the greatest parent. He's the one, he's the father who can take care of my child. We've got a wonderful, wonderful mother and father. You heard them today on stage. Did, did they do an amazing job today? Amen. I've been teaching Seth all week how to play piano. He finally got it. Gave him all I had. Listen, they're not only amazing when it comes to praise and worship, when it comes to speaking, they're both amazing also. They're full of God. They love Jesus. There's no doubt in my mind that this mother and this father will raise this child in the way of the Lord. No doubt. But today they're coming before this congregation, before you, to say today we dedicate our child to God. I want to tell this story real quick. I was watching a pastor one day, Casey Treat. He was telling a story. 
He said, I was watching my son. He was out riding a four-wheeler in the backyard. I'm standing out there watching him. He said, all of a sudden, I felt in my spirit, the Lord say, do you trust me with your children? He said, well, sure, God, I do. And he said, all of a sudden, I heard it again. The Lord say to me, do you trust me with your children? He said, yes, God. He said, about that time, something happened. My son turned the wrong way and the four-wheeler began to flip. He said, as any parent, my heart sank. I became afraid and worried and I took off running. About halfway there, he said, all of a sudden, the Lord said, I thought you said you trusted me with your child. He said, I stopped running and I began to walk and I got over there and my child was okay, not even a scratch. And he said, I knew at that moment because I had dedicated my children to God my children are going to be all right. So today, this mother, this father come today and say, we dedicate our child to God. And we know because they do, they're going to be all right. It says in the word of God, and he said to him, pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I ask of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he'll be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. The first thing today, Madeline Seth, is gratitude. You thank God for this special baby. Thank God. A precious gift from the Lord. And even as I look right now, all the future plans that God has. I can tell right now she loves great preaching. She's just staring right now. <laughs> so today, be grateful. And she got embarrassed right then. She's embarrassed because she said he's not that great, but okay. So the first thing I ask is this. Be grateful. Thank God for this child. Every day. Thank God. And there will come those moments, as you probably know, that you're not always grateful. The mess is on the floor, riding on the walls, crying and screaming. But it's at those moments that you're the most grateful and you thank God. Also from there, we understand that she is a gift from God. So what does that mean? She belongs to God. He has lended this precious child to you. And just like Hannah did that day, return that child back to God. So today, at this moment, you return this child back to God. Say, she is yours. We trust you with her. Her today, her tomorrow, we give her unto you. Amen. So I want to do this today. I want to ask some questions of the family. First, the parents. Don't take them lightly. Not part of a ceremony, but a commitment, a dedication, and a proclamation of what you're going to do today. Here's the first question. Do you promise to raise this child in the house of the Lord? Amen. Do you promise to raise this child according to the Word of God? Amen. Here's the last one. 
do you promise to be living examples before your daughter as Christ would? Amen. Family, I ask you a question. Do you promise to help raise this child in accordance to God's word? Amen. Amen. Second, do you promise to be an example of Christ before this child? Amen. Church, will you stand up? I have one question for you. We are a family. And you will be a part of raising this child. So I have this question. Do you, as the body of Christ, as the family of Passion Church, promise to be a living example of Christ Jesus before this precious gift? Amen. Lori, come on up, babe. Lori loves this part because she loves holding babies. <laughs> there you go. Here we go. You want that? <laughs> well, we're struggling. Maybe we shouldn't have kids. <laughs> well, I mean, anymore. She's not too happy. Well, let's do this. I first want to pray over this precious gift. Then we want to pray over mom and dad. Amen. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray today. God, we trust you. We believe in you. We have faith in you. And I pray over this precious gift of God that, Lord, all the days of her life, she would be raised in your presence according to your word by mother and father that love you, that exhort Christ before her. And that as she is raised, she will become a mighty woman of God led by your Holy Spirit to serve your kingdom and to bring glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Let's stretch forth your hand toward mom and dad here. Lord, I pray today for Madeline. Lord, I pray for Seth. Lord, they are precious gifts to you. They have dedicated their hearts and their lives to your ministry and to serving you. And God, we're so proud of them for the great work that they're doing for your kingdom. And Lord, I pray that they would continue to do that great work before this precious gift. That Christ would be seen through them and in them. That the love of God will be spoken out of every word that they say. And they would become a mother and a father that raises a child in accordance to God's word and God's plan in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Give them a hand. Hold on. Now, you'll learn something about me. I have this kind of, I want to be the first one to give a Bible. Am I? Technically, she said technically. I'll take it. I'll take it. Let this become her compass, her guide. The manual that'll lead her through life. There you go, Mom. This... This you put on your wall. Let me tell you why. It becomes that moment that in those moments when you are afraid or worried or say, I remember that we dedicated Elizabeth to God. <laughs> She's going to be all right. That God's got a plan and a purpose for her life. You may look at that often. 
But always remember, she's been given to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Will you give this family a hand today? Thank you guys so much. Love y'all. Y'all may be seated. Today, as we continue to talk about freedom, I will intertwine two things today. One is I will talk to you today about what to do with your freedom. For the last few Sundays, we've been talking about how to find freedom, how to be set free, to get liberty in your life. But many times, you've seen it over and over again, someone who finds freedom, God gets them out of where they are, they break free from the bondage. But some way, somehow, end up going back. The, the Bible says this, if a spirit is kicked out of me, it goes from here to there. And if it comes back and finds a void, not only does it come back, but it comes back seven times stronger. So today I want to talk to you about one, what to do with your freedom and how to maintain that freedom. Here's the second thing. I'm going to tie that freedom today into the vision I have for this house this year. It's three simple words. In fact, I was talking to my wife this week and I kept trying to come up with catchy phrases. Didn't I, babe? I kept writing down these catchy phrases and finally she said, why don't you just say the words? Because I wanted to impress. But there's three simple words, and I'll go and share my sermon. Don't get up and leave after I do. Army. Authentic. Accomplish. Those three words will help you to keep freedom in your life. I want you to turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 6. In fact, I'm going to be authentic today. I've never wore glasses in front of people because I'm so vain. But I'm going to wear them today because for some reason, I, I want to read not from a computer but from the Word of God. Amen. And it says in Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 1. When the word came to Sanballat, Tobiah, and Gisham the Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it. Though up to that time I had not set the doors in the gates. Sambalad and Gishop sent me this message. Come let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and could not go down. Why should the work stop? Listen, I want you to hear that. What begins to happen that will rob you of your freedom is when you let selfishness creep back in. Right here, he is saying, I don't care whether you want me to come down or not. It's not even up to me. God has put me on this wall and I will not step down until God tells me I'm done. Because it's not about me. And he goes on and says this. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message. The devil's relentless, isn't he? And each time I gave 
the same answer. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the word that we're about to receive. And Lord, I pray that every heart, every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one, leave this house the same way that they came, but be blessed by your word and your presence. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen and amen. We find here a man by the name of Nehemiah. He's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. A great leader, a man of passion. In fact, uh, we know that he's very honorable, very trustworthy because he was the cupbearer for the king. And you had to be loyal. You had to be trustworthy to be a cupbearer because you could fake as if you were drinking and really not drink and the king could die. But he yet still had a heart and yearned for the Jewish people and Finally, one day, a a family member comes, and when he gets there, he asks him, he said, what is happening in the land? And they begin to say, well, it's depressing, it's sad. The walls lay in rubble. He cried, he wept. See, the children of Israel have been brought back out of bondage with the Babylonians. You, you heard me talk about the Babylonians the first Sunday. Not only do we find the Babylonian, the nation throughout the scripture, we actually find the Babylonian is not just for the nation. It becomes a symbol, a metaphor of bondage and slavery and even evil. He goes to the king and he says, listen, can I go home? I, I will return, but can I go home and rebuild the walls of the city of my homeland? I've got to go. The king gives him permission. And at that moment, we know that Nehemiah takes the, the third group of exiles back. And when he gets there, he has to rally the, the troops He's got to get them excited about what God has in store for them. And he begins to talk about building the wall and he begins to rally the troops and they begin to build the wall. The first thing I want to share with you today is this army. If you want to walk in freedom and continue to walk in the freedom that God has given you, you need to understand you cannot do it alone. The greatest tool of the enemy in your life when you've been set free is isolation. If he can get you by yourself alone, you'll begin to believe your own lies. And let me say this, sometimes the greatest person that lies to you doesn't come from the outside, but the inside. And you have to realize that you cannot do it at all alone, that you need an army. In fact, we know that Jesus, even the disciples, he would send them out in two by twos. Why? Because many times he realized and understood if they went by themselves and they had a bad day, maybe they would give up. Maybe they would quit. Maybe they would come down off the wall. He knows that one day one would wake up excited and happy. Some of you that, that way, you wake up every morning, you roll out of bed, and there's a smile in your, on your face, a, a skip in your step. It's people like you I can't stand. <laughs> that is just not me. I just roll out of bed, and I roll to the bathroom, and I roll to the sink. But see, all of us need somebody for us. Now, for the other ones that that are going through things, we've got to make sure that we've got somebody that is there on our side, someone that is a part of the army that is lifting us up. Listen to what it says right here in Nehemiah. In verse, I mean, in uh, chapter 4, verse 16. From that day on, half of the men did the work, while the other half of the men were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The 
officers posted themselves behind all of the people of Judah uh, and who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other hand. Listen, can I tell you, one is God's got a work for you to do with your hand. Amen. God has called you to the army of God. If you want to walk in freedom in your life, then you must, you must step into your purpose. Don't doubt it. Believe it. Understand that God has called you to a great work and his army to accomplish his will. Some are called to be pastors. Some are called to be on the praise and worship team. Some are called to work with kids. Some are called to go do outreach, whatever it may be. But we're all part of the same army. But what I love about this, not only with one hand were they carrying materials, the Bible said with the other hand they had a sword. Can I tell you the other way that you win the battle and keep freedom in your life is you must understand that you're always at war. The enemy's going to come against you. The enemy's going to fight you. And that when you're doing the purpose of God and the will of God, the great joy that you have in your life is that you are fighting against the enemy. You are in the middle of a battle, but you're also a part of the army and you're not by yourself. There's an army there to support you. There's an army there to be behind you. Years ago, I used to, when I was in high school, I was a, I was a big fighter. Fought all the time. I don't know why, because I was six foot two and weighed about 120 pounds. I was a, a bean pole. In fact, my brother would tell me all the time, he said, John, you got to dance in the shower to get wet. That's my brother. He said, it looks like two little white strings hanging out of your shorts. That's what he told me. But I thought I was bad. I don't know where it came from. I, one day I'd broken my leg and I was on crutches and we were out hanging out with some of my friends in the city. And all of a sudden, these two guys come by and they yelled out of the car and they said, Cripple. And I hopped over to my crutch. I said, get out of the car. I'm going to whoop your butt. I said, get out. Get out. And they got out. And I said, get back in. Get back in. They were some big old boys. But all of a sudden, when they get out of the car, and they look at me, and I'm like, it's over. They're going to kill me. But I'm already engaged, and I've got to finish the task. And probably the task is me going to the emergency room, but i got to finish the task. And I'll never forget, all of a sudden, they get this fear on their face, and they're like, and they got back in the car and spun off. And I thought, they must have heard about me. <laughs> They've heard about John Leggett. And about that time, I turned around, and I had a good friend of mine in, in high school with me. His name was Stephen. And Stephen was as wide as he was tall. He was a big old boy. And what I didn't know was Stephen was standing behind me. I didn't know, and he's going, y'all better get out of here. And they took off. See, that's what it's like to be a part of the army of God. That somebody's always got your back. Someone's always there with you. You're never by yourself. You don't have to fight the devil. You don't have to fight the enemy by yourself. There's someone that can take up arms with you and say, we're not coming off this wall. We're not coming down. God is for us. God's going to help us. And we will finish this project. If you want to find freedom in your life, you've got to join the army of God and realize that God's called you never to be alone, but be a part of the family, that you're a soldier. He's equipped you and enables you to do the great work for the kingdom of God. In fact, this is what I heard. We're called to be an army, not an audience. We're called to be an army, not an audience. Let me say this, and I hope I don't hurt myself today in the church, and I hope I don't make you mad, but let me say this. I, listen, I believe that church people should be not consumers, but contributors. 
And listen, let me say this. I'm the type of pastor. I don't want you to just sit here and listen to my sermon and, and do listen to the praise and worship. I want you to serve in the kingdom, be a part of the army. If you're going to be a part of Passion Church, can I ask you to do something? Take up arms. Get up on the wall. Do what God has called you to do. I am telling you, when you do, it will not only bring freedom, but it will keep you in freedom. If you'll serve and do what God's called you to do, get on the wall, take up your arms, say, God, here I am. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be a part of the army of God. Amen. Number two, authentic. Authentic. It said, then the fifth time, Sambalat sent his aides to me with the same message and in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written, It is reported among the nations, and Gisham says it is true, that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you're about to become the king and have, a, have appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king, so come, let us meet together. Listen to what he says. I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up in your head. In other words, he said, you a big fat liar. It's not true. The second thing the Lord laid upon my heart, and I feel like I need to say this. God has called us to become an authentic people for Christ. If you, as the body of Christ, want to walk in freedom, you've got to start being authentic. You've got to be honest. You've got to be real. Listen, I'm here to tell you, here's another thing I want you to hear about this church. We are not a perfect church, and I for sure, for sure am not a perfect pastor. And I'm for sure not calling you to be perfect. What I am calling you to do is to be honest, to be real, to be authentic. When you're struggling, we're your family, we're your body. Can you do me a favor? Can you let us know? I walked up to Phil today and I said, Phil, how was your week? And he goes, <laughs> I guess it had not been a good week. But you know what? That's all right. Listen, we can't fix what we don't know. We can't help if we don't know there's a problem. We need to learn as the body of Christ to stop trying to put on a front. Stop trying to come to church dressed our best. I used to do that when I was a kid. I, I'll never forget, I was seven years old when I got saved, but I can still remember what I wore. I had on, that was in 1977. John Travolta was the man. And I could still remember walking down the front, I had on a white suit. Tari, it looked good. I had on a white suit with a dark brown shirt with these dark brown shoes. I was, I don't know what I was about to say. I put, probably I say a word I shouldn't say. But I was looking good. The problem is I came to church looking good. The problem was I wasn't saved. There's a lot of people that come to church every Sunday. You look good on the outside, but you're struggling on the inside. Can I tell you, if you'll start being honest and you'll start being real, that you can keep living in your freedom, it's when you become fake and try to hide what you're going through. Listen, here at Passion Church, we want you to know you can be real with us. We can handle it, amen. We can take it, amen. Some of you got to start being real with God. God knows when you're lying. Some of you treat God like you're stupid. I love King David in the Psalms. He would say things, God, why are you letting my enemies triumph over me? God, why are they putting me to shame? He's fussing with God the whole time. He doesn't understand. Listen, do you know God is a big enough God to handle your disappointment? 
And God is a big enough God to handle when you're mad at him. God is a big enough God that sometimes we're not always going to agree, although he's always right. But I always love how David ended but always in the universe saying, but you are my rock and my refuge, my very help in trouble. In other words, you know, I get it, God. I get it. I'm wrong. You're right. You're good. I'm bad. I get it. But here's another thing to be authentic in our worship. I was talking about Madeline and Seth. They did a great job today, didn't they? Amen. But what, what if Madeline didn't do a good job? What about if she got up here and she's like, ah! Was it that bit? Madeline covered her face. <laughs> Madeline's in the back. When I did that, she goes, what if she did mess up? Or what if Seth was playing and didn't remember how I told him to play and he messed up? Would we still praise? Yes, we'd still praise. Praise it. Listen, in fact, can I tell you something? Stop worshiping the worship leader and start worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Listen, if they got up here today and did a terrible job and an awful job, I would have still praised my God and I would have still raised my hand and I would still glorify his name. Amen? Amen. Pastor, I just didn't feel like praising. Then that's when you need to praise the most. That you need to walk in the church and be authentic. Say, God, I don't feel like praising today and I may cry through the whole praise time, but I'll praise you. You got to be authentic with who you are. You got to say, God, I want an authentic relationship with you. What does it mean to be authentic relationship with God? God is first in your life. God is the most important thing in your life. You follow him wherever he leads you. See, my prayer for this church is that we come to the place as men and women of God that we'll follow God wherever he goes. If it's in the valley, we'll go through the depths of the deepest valley to follow our God. If it's through the tops of the mountains where everything is glorious and wonderful, well, praise God, we'll go there too. But whether it's highs or lows, goods or bads, God will follow you wherever you go because I'd rather be with you, God, than be anywhere else. I love what David said. He said, all that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. In other words, he wasn't talking about being in the tabernacle or the temple. He was talking about being in the presence of God. We've got to learn to be authentic. We can become apathetic and never make it to authentic. See, sometimes the reason why we don't make it to be an authentic is we're lazy. It's just easy to put on the facade. And listen, let me say this. I'm talking about an authentic Christian too. That what I am here on Sunday is what I am at my work on Monday. If I wouldn't say it in front of my preacher, I sure won't say it in front of my boss. That we've got to be authentic. Listen, you coming to Sunday, you coming to Sunday on Sunday mornings gets you no points with God. God wants you to be real and have an authentic relationship with him. Are you serving him, loving him? Is he your all? Is he your everything? Would you be willing tomorrow to give up everything to follow him? Nehemiah did. Here's the last point number three. Accomplish. 
So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elu in 52 days. 52 days. When I was praying and asking what God would have me to share today, I kept hearing the word accomplish. See, if we're going to walk in freedom, we've got to know that we're part of an army. We're not by ourselves or isolated. If we're going to walk in freedom, then we've got to be authentic and stop lying and lacking integrity. But if we're going to walk in freedom, then we've got to know that God has called us to accomplish his will. Some of you on cruise control. You're just making it through life. For some reason, you believe the lies of the enemy that God can't use you or accomplish something in you. For some reason, and I don't know why, I just kept feeling that, that God was saying that this year here in this church for 2024, that God is about to expedite some things that he spoke 16 years ago when this church was started. It's not about me. It's about that this is the year that God is about to accomplish some of the greatest things he has desired to do in Passion Church. And I'll say this. I don't know the full understanding of that. But what I do know is that God wants to accomplish something in this house. See, I believe if we become authentic, when people walk through the doors, it's not judgmental, hypocritical Christians that act like they got it all together. That when they walk in, they'll feel loved and welcomed. They found a home, a place. I begin to pray what God would have us to do. Some, some things that I want to start this year. One is called Passion Cares. Church, we have to get outside the four walls. In fact, let me say this. This is not the church. This is a building. You'll learn something about me. I have no sentimental value to things. But we can't keep waiting for them to come in. We've got to go to them. So one thing we'll start this year is called Passion Cares. Once a month, the second Saturday of the month, we'll start going out into our community. Maybe one day we'll work with homeless. Another day we'll work with Habitat for Humanity. Maybe one day we'll go help someone build a ramp to get into their home. But let me say this. We've got to get outside of our four walls. I've told you about freedom. We're starting freedom here. I want you free. We all have something. All of us. Maybe it's not an addiction to drugs or alcohol. Maybe it's a shopping addiction. In fact, I believe a lot of you have that. I don't have that. I hate shopping. Unless it's for tennis shoes. But that's a godly thing. It's God-ordained. It, it, well, it's talking about the armor of God, the feet of readiness. 
My tennis shoes make me ready. So I want you to be with, listen, you know what would warm the heart of your pastor? Is that when we have our first passion cares, I have as many that day that I have in church on Sunday. We go out all dressed in the same shirt, same passion church. And our community says, you know what? I don't know much about that church, but what I do know is they love their community. We don't have to go to them. They came to us. We're going to start a celebrate recovery this year. Amen. Stand up for me back there. Stand up. See that guy right there? He's the one that's going to help us get it going right there. Yep. We start in March. He's going to need some help. Why are we doing that, Pastor? See, there's some that they don't have to go through a, a rehab or sober living. Maybe theirs is not drugs or alcohol, but, but they got some hurts and hangups and habits that they need help with. And we're going to help them find freedom. There's so much more small groups and other things that I want us to get going this year. But what I do know is this year, I was about to say I don't know, but maybe I do. There's something big that's going to happen in 2024 for Passion Church that I think will change the directory of where we're going. Because God wants to accomplish See, it's the same thing with you. God wants to finish that great work he started in you. You know, I'm 53 years old. I'm getting on the other side. Oh, what a trip it has been. And I would never in a million years trade the time that I've had with God in serving His kingdom. If you will learn to serve God's kingdom, He will accomplish in your life what you desire to accomplish. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you're here today and say, Pastor, I've I've been on the sidelines. But I want to be a part of the army of God. I want to do His will and purpose for my life to be a blessing for the kingdom. And I'm not going to sit on the sidelines anymore. If that is you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Come on. Amen. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. Let them hear and accept your call. Join the army of God. And Lord, in so doing, find that freedom that can only come for purpose and God's will. For some of you, you've been struggling with being authentic. You don't have that authentic relationship with God and you've been struggling. You haven't been real with some of the things going on in your life that you need to get rid of that don't need to be there. But today... You want to be real with God. Come clean with God. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes. 
Lord, I pray for every hand that's raised. I pray for this year, Lord, authenticity, honesty, integrity with you. The Lord, their relationship with you will be as real as they've ever known before. And there's some of you today that there's some things in your life that you've dreamed about, believed for, asked for, for years. And you're praying that God would make it come to pass this year, that you would accomplish that. If that's you, raise your hand right now. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. I pray that your will, your purpose, and your plan will be accomplished in their life today as they seek you, as they do your will. One last question. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, say, Pastor, if I were to die today, I don't know whether I'm going to heaven or hell, but I don't want to leave this service without knowing Jesus. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. No one look, every head bowed, every eye closed. Raise your hand. Amen. I've got one. Do I have someone else? Don't let this moment pass you by. Today's the day of salvation. Is there anyone else today that you would like to give your heart and life to Christ? Well, I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Not just the one that raised their hand, but all of you. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins in all my ways I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever amen should you give me God praise if you would just indulge just a few more moments if I get Drew and Jess to come up real quick Drew and Jess have been our youth pastor now for nine years. Nine years, that's, that's a long time. Two years before that, they served as our children's pastors. So for 11 years, they've been serving this church faithfully. I always say this is the house that Steve and Drew built. With their sweat, tears and even their blood because it would be right here that someone not very smart or wise decided to put Drew on top of a ladder and he decided he didn't need the stairs or the ladder to get down he would just fall and he would fall right about here yeah cutting his face having to take him to the hospital so when I say that this is the house that him and Steve built, that they put their blood, sweat, and tears, I'm not lying. He put his blood in this church. He's done an amazing job. Jess has done an amazing job. I'm so proud of them and the work that they've done. Their dedication, their commitment to the children of this church, the kids, the youth of this church. End of this year, they came in, or end of last year, they came in and talked to me. And uh, some of you didn't know that he worked for YFC part time for the church part time. And YFC came and offered him a full time job. I was not happy, didn't like it, but I knew that God had a new season for his life. And he chose to now work for YFC 
Youth for Christ full time. Uh, so he'll be stepping out of the youth pastor role here at Passion Church. They're not leaving. They're not leaving the church. They're still here. You'll see him preaching sometimes. You'll see Jess singing on the praise team. They've got other roles. They'll be serving in the church. But I felt that for their sacrifice, their obedience, their service, that they deserved a moment that this church honored them. We're so proud of this couple and the great job that they've done. And I know with how great they've done here that the next season of their life will be even better. And I'm not the only one that feels that way. In fact, go watch the screen real quick. Thank you, Pastor Andrew and Jess, for all that you have done in my life and the rest of the youth group's lives. We are so excited to see what God has in store for you guys. We love you and thank you. Hey, Pastor Andrew. I'm thankful for you being my youth pastor for eight years. I'm so thankful for you. I love you and have fun. Hey, Pastor Drew. I just wanted to come on here and thank you for everything you've brought to the youth. I'm really grateful for where God has put you in my life. And I can say that you truly are more than just a youth pastor to me. You've taught me so many things. I feel very much appreciated when I come to youth. And I just want to thank you for all that. We love you, Pastor Drew and Jess. We're going to miss you. No, I'll miss you more. No, I'm going to miss them more. Yes, no, I am. No, I am. Girl, I am. No, no. Just kidding. We'll both miss y'all so yes, much. Girl. Hey, guys. Just want to say how much we love you and how thankful we are for you guys. And, um, all that you guys have done for Passion and Drew for how long you've been here and how loyal you've been. Um, I was telling Natalie the other day when we were talking about um, you leaving as the youth pastor that if anyone has shown us and the rest of the staff how to love and to serve at Passion, it's you. Um, you've set the example and uh, I'm thankful for that and we're thankful for that and thankful for your family um, and we're excited for what's to come. We love you guys. Yes, we are so excited for you guys. Um, your loyalty to this church as our friends, it just doesn't go unnoticed. Um, and we are just so excited for what God's going to do in your life. We know he's going to do incredible things um, through your ministry, through your family, and we cannot wait to see what happens. So love you guys. Hey, Andrew and Jess. Um, I'm excited to be able to, first of all, congratulate you on all that you've accomplished in ministry so far. Um, I want to back up and talk about Andrew separately just a little bit because he started with me first. And uh, Andrew, I, I have watched so much growth in your ministry over the years. I'm just totally thankful and impressed for that growth that we've seen in you as you started in children's ministry and then went to youth ministry and really became uh, the associate pastor here at Passion. And your ministry has just developed so much and I'm so proud of you for that and so thankful. And then you brought Jess along and uh, completed you, but also completed our Passion family. And then as the kids came along, it's just been a great journey to be on and just to see the impact that you've made in the lives of so many people, um, our children, our youth, the adults, uh, and myself and Julie. Uh, you've just been, been so instrumental in the growth here at Passion and what's been accomplished here. You, you guys have played uh, a key and integral part and role in that, and I am forever indebted to you for that. I um, I think it's important to to recognize uh, that you guys have done everything we've asked you to do and more. You've served at a really high level with a great spirit of excellence, 
And I think for me, one of the most important things that you've done was during our time together on staff, uh, you made it possible for me to relax because I recognized that everything would be taken care of if I was out of pocket or out of town and I could let you run things and I didn't have to worry about whether or not they would be done right and done with excellence. And for that, uh, that's a big thing for me. And so I appreciate that. Appreciate you guys, your loyalty. Um, you had opportunities where you could have gone somewhere else, but you stayed loyal to the call and loyal to us. And I'm thankful for that. And so um, in the Old Testament, there's this passage of scripture that I have thought about when I thought about you guys. And uh, it's that uh, conversation where one king speaks to another king who's talking about invading uh, the territory. And he sends a message back to the king that's about to invade. And he says, uh, the king that puts on the armor should not brag about like the one that's about to, that's able to take the armor off. Uh, in other words, it's not enough to start well, you have to finish well. And I think you guys have done that. And I am so proud, first of all, to uh, have been your pastor, but also um, more importantly, to be your friend. And you have served well and you've been faithful. And I think you ought to hold your heads high because you've done so well. Thank you so much for all you've done. We love you. We appreciate you, your family. They have finished well. They have accomplished what God has called them to do. So as they step into this next season, there is no worry. Your faithfulness ensures God's faithfulness in your life in the next season to come. We're excited for you. Excited about what God has in store. I want to pray over Andrew and Jess. They'll come here. The rest of the directors will come behind them. I want to pray over them today for this next season and this next place in their life. Amen. Lord, we praise and glorify your name. We thank you, Lord, for this couple, the blessing they have been, the joy they have brought us. Lord, we thank you for the seeds that they have planted in the lives of so many youth and so many kids, the Lord's seeds that will go around this world. And Lord, because of their faithfulness, their dedication, and their obedience to Christ Jesus, those seeds will bring forth a harvest. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, as they step into this next season, as they cross the horizon to a, a new dawn of their life, I pray, God, blessings, protection, direction, and guidance. I pray, Lord, that you would lead them because they have been so faithful here. I pray that, Lord, as they work for YFC, that God, kids and their lives and families will be affected because of this great man of God. Bless him, Lord, I pray. And let your will and your way to be done in his life as he accomplishes the great work of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I got something for you guys. There's actually something in it this time. The last two services, I wouldn't put the check in there. I was afraid they'd run off. But this time it's in there. This is a very small sign of our appreciation for the great work that you've done for this church. And I'm going to give it to the one who really is going to take it anyway. There you go, Jess. So thank y'all. Amen. Give a hand one more time.
So you're probably wondering, who takes the role? Who, who do we pass the baton to today? Well, we've got a great young man that feels called to youth, called that that's God's purpose for his life. So Blake, would you step up here? Come on. We've learned two things about those who become youth pastor at Passion. One, they gotta be tall. They gotta be tall. Two is they've had to work in the children's department. Blake is called to work with youth. That's his call, that's his purpose. He has shown faithful working with our kids, done an amazing job, and we're so blessed by him. I'm excited about the future and what God has in store for Blake as the youth pastor of Passion Church. He's going to do an amazing job. And we thank God for God bringing him here and connecting him to Passion Church. So I want to do a favor today. I, I believe in passing the baton. I want Jess, Kaylee, where are you? Come and stand right here beside your husband. I want Drew, I want Jess to come, and I want us to, the rest of the group to gather around. I want us to pray over our new youth pastor, Blake. And I want us to pray blessings over his life as he steps into this new this next role. And, Drew, I want you to lead some prayer. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for your, your leadership over this house. And God, I thank you right now for Blake. I thank you for, for the call that you have and the purpose that you have on his life. And I, Lord, I just pray that right now you're just anointing him for the call, anointing him for the season he's stepping into, God, and that you continue to bring him vision bring him vision and clarity for what you've called him to, to lead. And that, Lord, I pray for all the students that are here, all the students that will be here, all the students that will, will, will be influenced and, and be ministered to by his, by the call and purpose that you place in him, that they, it'll be more than just, 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 just one, one thing, but it'll be a time for students can come and be discipled. Students can come and find their purpose that you've given them. Students will come and, and, and encounter a loving God that will change their lives forever. And Father, we thank you. I pray that you will send volunteers and send leaders to be a part of his team and, and to join and run, run with the call that you've given him, Father. And Lord, I just pray that you will be able to see things, greater things than what I could have ever done, greater, greater things because it's, it's not about me, it's not about Blake, but it's about you and you are, you are going further and you're going to take it deeper. Father, we thank you. I pray against, I come against any act of the enemy right now in Jesus' name over Blake and over, over Kaylee, over his family. Anything the enemy will try to use to, to distract from your call, from your purpose. God, I just pray that you're strengthening him right now in Jesus' name. I'm excited. I can't wait to see what's going to happen in passion these days to come in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hold on, Kaylee, come here real quick. I can't see here. You guys come stand. Where's Jason Sherry? Y'all come stand right here. As we're announcing the say, give me five more minutes and we'll let you guys go. We're having a, a, a quite a bit of shift in our directors and they're not leaving, they're just moving over. But as we're announcing our youth pastor today, uh, Miss Kaylee, who's been working the youth, I mean the kids, done an amazing job with, with Blake. Kaylee now will be serving as our, the new Connections Pastor here at Passion Church. 
We are so excited, excited about what God's got in store. She's going to do an amazing job. This is where she feels God has called her to, and we can't wait. Then we got Miss Joanne and Josh. They are filled or feel called to be our new children's pastor here at Passion Church. Amen. And I've been shocked. Some have been shocked when I said that we got Joanne. They're like, what? How did you get her? And I said, well, I'm charming. But they are going to serve as our new children's pastor. We're so excited. We cannot wait. You guys are going to do amazing. And then for our connections, for years, uh, we've had this wonderful couple, Sherry and Jason, that have served tirelessly for the kingdom of God, loyal to this church. And they came to me also and said to me, we feel called to do something else. Uh, We've been in connections for a long time. And they have decided now to start serving as Passion's new care pastors here at Passion Church. So why don't you give them a hand? So we're excited about this new team, our new army. Listen, army has to have commanders and leaders. And I feel standing behind me is a great, great team that's going to lead us into the future of the great things God has in store for this church and for us in 2024. Amen. Will you do me a favor? Will you stand to your feet? Everybody gather around behind these new directors. I want to close and pray over them. Their new role, their new position, that as they step in, that God's going to bless them in new and in mighty ways. Amen. God, we just pray today. Thank you, Lord, for this team. Lord, thank you, Lord, that you have directed them and led them to come to this church to be a part of this vision. And I speak over every new director, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name that you would bless them, that, Lord, you would direct them, that you would guide them. Lord, I pray for a blessing. I pray for a blessing over them right now, that, Lord, every work that they do, everything they put their hand to, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would bring multiplication and increase. That, Lord, I pray that, Lord, they would produce for the kingdom of God. Lord, the lost would be saved, lives would be changed. That, Lord, in Jesus' name, that, Lord, they would become a blessing to the kingdom of God in ways they've never thought nor imagined. We pray blessings on this team. We thank you, Lord. And Lord, we love you so much today. For we give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. As Adam is coming up, if you'll do me a favor, we've got some sign-up sheets outside. Uh, We are committed to our Hope Center. And we won't people that are called to be mentors do one-on-one um, if you feel God's called you to that we've got a sign-up sheet outside others to come be a part of our Friday night their Friday night family nights to maybe to bring food or just come be a part of it we've got sign-up sheets out there for whatever way you like to be a part of Hope Center they're part of our family amen so do us a favor we've got sign-up sheets out there goes please sign up God bless you we love you all right, guys, real quick, I just want to hear you shout one good time. Come on, let's just worship the Lord. Excited for Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Listen, God's going to do some amazing things here at Passion Church in 2024, and you get to be a part of it. 
There's an incredible staff that stands behind me on this stage, and they have gifts and they have passions, but they need you. And so they want to get connected with you, get to know you. You get plugged into your gifts and your calling. Listen, we love you. Thank you so much for being here today. We hope you have an incredible day. You are dismissed. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.